2: Hello everyone, you wonderful podcast listeners, welcome to the latest edition of Red Men Weekly where we bring you some of the best clips from all of our subscriber Red Men Plus shows. Before I start on this, just for you guys for tuning into the show each and every week, I have got a deal for you. If you sign up to redmenplus.com on a Club Captain yearly subscription, if you enter the code weekly on the payment screen, W. E E K L Y. That's W E E K L Y. You will get that subscription for half price for a year. It works out at 48 pence a week. Pretty much. 48p a week for a year's worth of content to get access to all of these shows that you're about to listen to and tons tons more. So yeah, if you do want to check it out, like I say, redmenplus.com. Sign up, use the code WEEKLY when you subscribe as a club captain on a yearly subscription and you'll get it for 48p a week. And best of all, it can go into your native podcasting apps as well. So do go and check that out over on redmenplus.com. Right then, speaking of redmenplus.com, the first show that we had there this week was the final word from Liverpool versus Chelsea. It wasn't the most exciting game in the world, was it, to be honest, but it was still a pleasure to chat through it with Abby and with Emma. So yeah, here's what we have to say about Liverpool's 0-0 draw with Chelsea. It just felt like a game that lacked in quality for both sides. Both defences were just about on top, but it neither side, in an attacking sense, made it difficult for each other. Like, it was nine versus 10th going into the game, and that's kind of how it played out. It was just a pretty, two very, what looked like mediocre football teams, and especially if you put that in context to other football games that have happened over the weekend. Yeah. United, Arsenal, just like more, much more quality, City... Uh, as well it, it did feel like Liverpool-Chelsea were just two teams maybe a little bit devoid of confidence
0: yeah 100% I was in the office on Saturday covering obviously the games in the Premier League and that was by far one of the worst ones that day um, like you say it was it was quite comfortably a, a, a mid-table sort of clash two teams really really struggling for form struggling for confidence there was no intensity um, no quality I think you know the identity of both teams was, was hard to find um, they were sort of a shadow of them of themselves equally, um, respectively, sort of, you know, from a year or two ago. Um, I did, you know, like the Palace-Newcastle game later that day, and that was much better quality than than a Liverpool-Chelsea game. And, you know, I wouldn't have thought I would have said that two years ago. So yeah, it was just kind of, it was just a slog, wasn't it? Just to watch. Um, I can imagine for the fans that were there at Anfield, it was freezing afternoon, nothing to cheer about, nothing to get off a seat for. So yeah, really, really disappointing game of football. And again, another disappointing performance from Liverpool.
2: Speaking of fans who were there, was. you were there. You,
0: you, you were I was there,
3: absolutely yeah. froze to death, basically, <laughs> and it weren't worth it. At one point, I was literally bashing my feet against the floor to bring them back to life, and it, it just weren't worth it. Like, my dad couldn't go, so I gave his, his ticket to my uncle, and my uncle afterwards was like, That was not worth like getting <laughs> up and missing me, lying. <laughs> it was just poor. I was expecting it to be like, like the Arsenal Man United game last night. I was hoping there'd be something there, like that fight, that excitement, and I don't know why I expected that, to be honest, because we really are. Two mid-table teams now. You know when you look at it, that could have been any mid-table team last night playing, and it, it it's sad, really. And all the fans that that did go out and stand there and was it minus two at one point, just wasn't worth it for them, to be honest. But no, no you're yeah. yeah, right.
2: And actually, sometimes it, it, it's hard you, to get up for it in the cold. You need the yeah. need something on the pitch, and I will yeah. stick with you. I was I I watched it in here. Actually, I didn't go. Obviously, I was on the, I was on the watch along with with yeah. Errol. Um, we you knew pretty early on. You, could, you, get the, you get the sense of how our game's going.
0: Yeah. And
2: both teams, you could tell, were very, very cagey to start with. We, obviously, yeah. Chelsea probably had shaded it, but in general, in, in the first half, maybe I'll talk about some moments in a minute, but in general, it, it, was, it was almost a bit like, I don't know, like a boxer who's got a weak chin, and that both of them have got weak chins, so they're scared to get hit. So they're yeah. just kind of half-jabbing each other. But you, 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 nobody was really yeah. like, there was no magic bit of quality or skill. It was just everyone was just trying to keep things a bit simple. And they, they probably yeah. weren't even able to do that. It did come across like yeah the, but I don't know if scared to lose it, I think. But I think both teams know that they're vulnerable a little bit, and, and therefore they were both neither was willing to take that chance or play that killer pass or take that risk because they were just worried that the defensively they went not hold up.
3: Yeah, it was slow, wasn't it? I mean, Canate and Gomez did well, to be fair. I thought I did better than Gomez, but I don't know if that's because the fella in front of me had like an agenda against Gomez, yeah. and he kept <laughs> going, there you are, being bullied again. I was thinking, he is actually like Robert know. in college. And me that's the thing, but yeah, I, just, oh, I don't know. And Salah just hasn't got his shooting boots on at the minute, and I feel like that's not helping. Gakpo had like three shots just go absolutely flying, you know what I mean? But I'm, I'm not going to judge him yet. It's far too soon to judge him. Don't really like Elliot on the left. I don't know. It's hard to find positives at the minute, isn't it?
2: Especially from an attacking sense. Let's go for the team then because there was a couple of decisions the manager had to make. My first, the right-back, Trent's out. He decides to go with Milner because he could have moved Gomez over there and go with matt but I think he decided to go with the two centre-halves that done quite well against Wolves. Mm. And I actually think Gomez and Canati, for the most part, did okay. I'll get you upwards on that. My did the exact same. He said, right, use one much better than the lads who got fucking well round, bright Brighton everywhere, so you, you used three can play again. I don't think anyone had too many problems with that, but then up front, and um, with Abby, it felt like he would rewarded Harvey with a place,
4: mm.
2: but he had to bring Mo Salah in, and therefore it's Harvey Ellis. who gets shifted out to a side sal- where he's completely look. And uh, it's again that's three games in a row now where he's played three different positions and things, and it 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 didn't really the balance never felt right, especially in the attacking third. It felt like we probably have two lads both both in the wrong position, and it was kind of to time to pretty much keep Mo Salah on that right hand side.
0: Yeah, if I'm being honest, on paper before kick-off, I actually was fine with the team. Um, I understand, obviously, the points that you're making in terms of the attack. But I agree, midfield, I was happy to see that midfield. Same. Um, I do think Canarse and Gomez did, did pretty well at centre-back. But that would have been maybe the only change is that I probably would have put Gomez at right back over Milner and I would have had Matip in there. Um, but again, I could understand the selection. Wasn't really that fussed about it. Um, And I quite like the fact that he awarded Elliot with a place. And I know what you're saying about moving Salah across. I actually think what I would have done was was probably uh, uh, sorry, what what I would have done is move Salah across because I think as you know, as Avi said, I think Salah's been poor for months now. This isn't, you know, a, a slow dip in form. This has been a consistent Period of Trying you
2: know so stick him up front and put Elliot right and Gakpo yeah, left. Yeah, Because awfully he might have felt. I think awfully and then might have been a bit more comfortable.
3: Well, well that that's well. it.
0: Yeah. I think just think if if you're gonna reward Harvey with a place, then give him his actual place. Um, don't just put him in the side. Um, and especially when he's a player who is one of those few in the squad at the moment that have got a bit of confidence and had come off the back of a good game. Salah's not got that. We know that he's a confidence player. He always has been since he joined Liverpool. When he feels like the king, he plays like one. Um, and he's not doing that at the moment. So if you're going to have to sacrifice someone's position, I get it's probably a hard conversation to have with someone like Mo Salah, but at the end of the day, Jürgen Klopp's the boss, and I think he just maybe needed to to make that call and, and put Javier in his right position.
2: It feels like I mean, at the left-hand side of the front three is like a graveyard shift that nobody mm-hmm. wants, and everyone's taking turns to just go and do it. Like yeah. I don't know, I used to work in Aslan, and there used to be this horrendous shift that used to do. And it was like 8.30 to like 12. So it was in between the, the day staff going home and the and the, and the nights coming in and no one wanted that shift. And in the end, everyone just started taking turns of doing it between, every, like, we'll all do one each a month or something because everyone hated it. It feels like the left-hand side, you know, Chamberlain doing jobs, that doesn't like it really.
0: Mm. Carvalho,
2: okay, maybe he'd be all right there, but Jürgen doesn't seem to fancy him. Gakpo's been out there once. Now Elliot's been out there. They're it,
0: just waiting for Luis Diaz to come D. back. That
2: yeah, like Diaz and Arwen, perhaps who was, yes. was there before he got injured. Yeah. Jota can do but yeah, it feels at like the moment... Whoever's getting, no, the left hand side of Liverpool's attack is almost just a body because the team isn't functioning to get them in the game anyway. Because it's almost everyone goes, everyone knows that fella's out there, he's just doing a job. Let's get down the middle, let's get down to Mo Salah. It does feel like whoever's out there, it's not ideal. I don't know if, again, he's been hesitant to change the formation, he doesn't want to go away from it. But mm. we have that. This is what happens when you lose. You lose basically your three left wingers. Diaz is out, Jot is out, and then Darwin is out. Someone's gonna have to go and do a job there. But I felt sorry for Harvey Elliott because I thought he would have one well, of him and Bychetic were the best players against Wolves. Bychetich gets to stay in the team, do a rightly so I think, plays where he plays, had another decent game. And you yeah, Harvey Elliott, who had his best game for a while, playing in right wing, he's all he, he's over there now. And yeah. it was to accommodate Mo Salah, which again he's Mo Salah, I, I half get. But the flip side is you've done him no favours there. Now he now he's had another bad game. A couple of people are so on his back again. His confidence yeah. might take a hit, and it's and it's not really his fault.
3: It's uh, it's the injuries down the left side at the minute. I mean, there's nothing we can do. I feel like I am getting really angry about the results at the minute, but you've just got to remember that the likes of Diaz and Jota and all that will be back eventually. But it's when will they be back? I'm I feel like it won't
2: at least probably haven't you?
3: That's the thing. We've got so many. We've got so many games before they're probably going to be back, and even then, we might even have more setbacks because you know we all thought Diaz was going to be back. And he wasn't, so it, I, I just don't know. It feels painful to go over it, but Elliot, Elliot gets so much hate on Twitter and stuff like that, and I hate it. But putting him on that left side like that yesterday, it was just like a body, and I do feel sorry for him because it did feel like he didn't do anything, but that's not his fault. Do you know what I mean? He didn't really have a, he didn't and when really
2: he gets have the a choice. Well, he has to cut back in all, yeah. the, all the time. because yeah. like, you're not going to go down the ball and yeah. whip a ball, in. that's just not what we do. I yeah. felt like and stick with, stick with this and then I'll just stay with you Like Cody Gapo was playing left wing the entire season pretty much for PS3 mm. I know he did. He played a bit centrally for um for, for the Netherlands in the World Cup but he has been playing left wing and he started his first ever game for Liverpool at left wing Yeah. yeah. and now he's been stuck up front and I don't think that suits him no, either I'll be honest no. I'm not quite sure what we've got in Cody Gapo what he is I'm 98% certain sure I don't think he's a centre forward by himself no, I, and don't. I, I don't see he's got the, the game for that no. everything's defeat but he isn't as a bit went from for me, know, drops in and goes. It doesn't feel like that natural to, to Gapo either. He, he he actually held the ball up, all right.
0: Mm. But he offered
2: no goal threats. No. he he, he, he can't go the other way. He has yeah. half, he has a couple of snapshots, yeah. but it doesn't feel. It feels like at the moment he, he's another one who he, I mean, he might be a left winger, which we've got loads, loads of them. In theory, got loads
5: of them, them but, but none of
2: them yeah, at the same yeah. time. That's the
3: thing. I don't,
2: I'm not sure he's a, a centre forward by himself.
3: No. I don't know. I think we'll probably see him on the left, Nunes through the middle, and obviously Salah on the right in the future. But like you were saying before, if everything's going to be accustomed to Salah, then he's going to start scoring then because he's not doing his job. And that's probably the most frustrating thing for me at the minute is is Salah. So I don't, honestly, I'm not bothered how long it takes Gakpo to start performing, really, give him his time. Nunes is back. I mean, I know he come on. I just kept thinking to myself, this has got Nunes' winner written all over it. Didn't happen, obviously. Didn't get any big moments like that, really. I mean when Kanate booted the ball up from <laughs> it was our best chance. I literally thought to myself, That was it, that was the moment and if that in my brain, that's the moment, then you know something's not going <laughs> right. Um but, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I just give Gakpo time, me. Just give him loads of time. Everyone expects them to come in. Come in fired and, like, Mo like Diaz did. And it's just, that's not always the way. But I think keep him to the left and put not um, Nones, Nunes <laughs> through the middle from now on. But just got to say, like, Robbo was brilliant. Yeah. Robbo had an absolutely brilliant performance, to be fair. Um, I think Trent struggled a little bit when he come on. Not too bad. But, yeah, apart from that, I, I just nothing to talk. It's just, it was just... Flat, weren't Yeah,
2: underwhelming And let's let's go back to again. We, there's not too many moments to speak about them, so we'll we'll do things kind of like as an an overall picture for now. Mm. I, I it feels like in the last two games, Jürgen, Pepe, Linders, Kravitz, and the whole of the side to go back to basics a bit. I think they've realised we're crap yeah. defensively. Yeah, like we just cut, we cut, we are, and that comes both in midfield and a little bit at the back as well. Like everyone blames on the midfield, but I don't think any of the centre-halves have really covered themselves in glory over the last few months. I get they've had a lot of work to do, which may, which contributes to it, but it feels to me like Jürgen's decided we're going to be difficult to beat and we we'll are trying to nick someone on, the, on, on a moment of quality from a Salah or a Gappo or an Elliott or someone will do like Wolves the other day, yeah. uh, someone will do a, a little bit of magic or we'll get one of a set piece or something. In, in, in years gone by, Liverpool, like we all had come to know and love, were, we're able to attack, 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 but also be defensively solid. We had the back doors were closed, Fabinho, Van Dyke, Matip, we, we we were solid. Do you get the sense, that's my take on it, is that he's realised we can't be both, and we can't we can't just try and play through teams because we're getting played off the park. Let's just try and be, because like you mentioned, Robbo did a good job, but he was mainly defensive, I thought yeah, in terms mm-hmm. of his best way it came defensively. It felt like we would be a bit more compact by Chetis, just sit there and we'll be tough to beat. And I can kind of see why he's, he's made that decision as well. Oh, has.
0: definitely. Yeah, and I, I think he's 100% right to do that. And I I was saying this a few weeks back, I was saying just go back to basics because it was getting to the point where, um, yeah, simple defending, you know, stringing some passes together, controlling games, which is something that we've done as well over the last couple of seasons. Even when we have had that kind of more um, intense sort of attacking prowess about us, it still felt like, there was large patches where Liverpool were controlling games. There's no way that they're, they're even close to doing that now. So even if you can get a five minute spell where, where Liverpool are, are controlling it, even if that is in their own half, that's fine. I'd take that at this point. Um, I completely agree with, I thought Andy Robertson was brilliant. Um, I actually thought Trent before he was out, I think the two, two games before he was out, I thought he was really strong defensively in those games. Um, I've been really disappointed with the centre-backs all season, including Van Dijk before he went out. I think he was really poor when he came back from the World Cup. Um, So yeah, I think that's an issue. Um, I think that, as you say, has an impact on the midfield because when you've got someone like Van Dijk in particular who organizes the entire thing, if he's not quite on it or if he's slightly slow or if he's not reading the game right, then that whole sort of system breaks down because he's, you know, organizing it. And there are others around him, obviously, to help him out. But we all, you know, I think we'd all be lying to ourselves if we didn't, didn't say that he is kind of, you know, the main man back there. So um, that's a concern.
6: This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you
2: Thanks very much for the girls for joining me there. And yet, listen, it wasn't the most enthralling game, but we still had a good old chinwag about what it means in the grand old scheme of things. Moving on then, later that very day, we had the transfer show. It was Dan, it was Chloe and it was Steve Plunk. Yeah, Liverpool, as we approached transfer deadline day, still loads of news and rumours floating about. And the guys jumped into yet another hot topic.
7: Report from Italy and Calcio Mercato Web. This claims the big story of today, of course, is that Jurgen Klopp has decided to move for (laughs) Federico Chiesa. Um, There's already some chat in our Discord about this one. just going to bring it up now. Abe has said that it would mean Bobby is off if we were to go and sign him. Yeah. Um, I think Jif has said that we really don't need him. And he'd actually be annoyed if we signed a seventh attacker. Wow. Yeah, there's some interesting conversations going on. Let me just scroll up again in a <laughs> second. The season seems to agree with, agree with that. So it was simply Darwin that said he'd actually be annoyed if we bought a seventh attacker. Um, and Howdy It's David was also very surprised by the links to Chiesa. So... I'm going to come to you first, Chloe, on this one. Actually, just to give you a bit more insight onto the story itself, um, the article actually portrays the Italian as a potential replacement for Mohamed Salah, um, who could be off to PSG because they're still interested in him for 80 million euros. Um, Chloe, first, let's just go Federico Chiesa. What do you think?
8: Boss player, um, <coughs> incredible. Look, there was a point where before he went to Juventus, I would have loved Liverpool to get him. Mm-hmm. He's obviously gone through a really bad injury yeah. and it's one of them where, look, Ox was boss for a little period. He'd entered his ACL and he's never, ever came back. Virgil van Dijk has been brilliant, but hasn't been the Virgil van Dijk that we knew of before his ACL. Mm-hmm. Um and it's one of them. I think you're taking a big gamble on a guy that has, you know, been out for a long, long time and it was a really bad ACL injury. So it's one of them where I just don't believe anything these days and I'm definitely not believing that one in for Chiesa.
7: No, it's, you say you don't believe anything. And I get that. And there's so many reports. Like, I've worked in transfers for ages now. There are so many reports, especially when you come from Europe and stuff like that. But... Listen, sometimes the truth. Like yeah. I would have sat here and said the Louis Diaz stuff originally. I said, "Oh no, not happening." All of a sudden, we signed him two days later. Yeah. Jurgen Klopp to that point said we're not going to do any more transfer business in the window. We signed Louis Diaz, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We've done it before, so who knows? Um, but to the point, I think the Kazer one's a little bit far fetched. Certainly when you sort of factor in the Salah stuff, but Steve, Chloe touched today. He's a phenomenal talent. He's a brilliant player. Um, the injuries. A bad one, so it's possibly the worst injury you can get, since he's a footballer. But what do you make of him as a player more generally? And would he suit Liverpool? He's a
9: tremendous player. Um, he has no impact on Bobby because he's a right-sided player as opposed to a central player, so I'm not struggling to make that connection personally. Um Eight games since his ACL, eight games in 22-23 with one goal. Not mm-hmm. a massive, brilliant return. Um, ACLs are not what they used to be. Darwin had an ACL. It doesn't stop his movement. So it's 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 conceivable you can return to something like your former glory, if not better. Mm-hmm. Um, Juve's current predicament, having had 15 points deducted for um, some questionable things off the pitch, shall we say? not like
7: them either. No, no, not that
9: like they've been banished before, is it, or no. anything like that? could actually play into a potential suitor's hands because they're not in great form anyway and I can't see how they bridge the gap between where they are now in the top and, and Champions League mm-hmm. qualification, which hits them really, really hard in the pocket and he's probably in um, the centre-forward. Uh, Blavich are probably the two he's guys right. out of there that probably carry the most kudos in European football. Mm-hmm. So it's not impossible. They might cash in. Um, we don't need another player that's got injury history, do we? <laughs> we need to start looking at what Liverpool need to do is get on that website transfer market and see who's never missed a game start looking at those yeah. guys instead of all the ones with the ACLs. so yeah
7: it's a brilliant website uh, <laughs> it gives you all that sort of information I give it that um, <coughs> I think you're right I think the point on the Bobby um, situation is more the fact it's just another attacking number like somebody else raised the point in the discord that would make sort of seven mm-hmm. frontline attackers if you like so it would mean that someone would have to go somewhere Bobby is the obvious answer because he's still out of contract Was it- well, he's but, out of contact. How yeah. many
9: can't play at the moment.
7: No, yeah, it's true. Yeah, there are a few injuries, but I think the Salah factor is a factor. Um, clearly, he signed a new deal, so you'd not really jump at that straight away. But the interest in PSG is never going to go away. And the report suggests that PSG would look to get Salah for sort of 80 million euros, whereas Chiesa would cost 60, which I think is probably more their financial troubles is coming that into play.
9: all oh, things considered right I now, think? Chiesa now he's off the back of that injury. He's got no form to speak of that you could proportion 60 million quid against. I think he's boss. He is a great player. He is a great player. I mean, in the Euro final against England, he was absolutely sensational. Are you telling me
8: that that Darwin Nunes, who's had an ACL, is, is... 90 mil
9: Darwin Nunes had like a 44 GA in the season before, sorry, yeah, I totally get nothing. that.
8: But it, it it's also the Portuguese league, and I'm I think Darwin Nunes will be incredible. I think he is at the right club will also be incredible. Um, I think the other day when he, he scored that brilliant goal, when, when he came back, yeah. he was playing off the left, then for them, which is, is a point of like we've just signed Gakpo we've got Aaron Nunes Jota who can play off the left Curtis Jones if you really needed to Carvalho mm-hmm. yeah. um, why would like I just don't see us bringing in Chiesa however whoever does get him for 60 mil mm-hmm. and if he went to the Prem I'd be scared because he, he's a really good player
7: yeah it's one of them isn't it if he can recover fully <laughs> from the cruise yeah. which is clearly a bad injury but if he shows no sort of ill effects off the back of that he's not it's too early to say yeah but if he goes through the rest of the season for instance in the Correct. summer if that's still a Situation, then Liverpool or any football club yeah. will be very wise to go and get him. What I will say on the point about his positional thing is he's made eight appearances this season on the back of that injury. He's played in five different areas mm-hmm. of the pitch. Yeah. He's yeah. played Versus left, out. right, central and in more of a centre midfield position. Yeah. So whether it be Liverpool again or somebody else they are getting a hell of a player who yeah. can fill so many roles. So it's not really... You sign him, then he's got to replace Salah or Bobby or whoever it may be. He can just be another addition, like Diogo Jota was, I suppose, in many ways. Another addition to the attacking line. Um, 25 years old, 24 years old, I want to say. I did have it up a second ago. Um, out of contract in 2025. Um, Billion football, like we've already said. <sighs> let's let's do, just quickly on Keiser, before I sort of get a rating and we move on. Let's do like doomsday scenario on it a little bit. Let's say, just for talking's sake, Mohamed Salah... Does move on in the summer this summer coming, and we protected his value by giving him a new deal, and that's great. But PSG come really hard for him because Mbappe goes to somewhere else. If Salah was to move on, would Chiesa be an adequate replacement, Steve?
9: Yeah, I, I, when I said what I said, it's purely off the back of we don't really know how he's going to respond yeah. to rehabilitation from a knee injury. There's not a person who, who watches football that can doubt the lad's ability, but it's just whether. Whether he can he can reach them dizzy heights that he met before he was absolutely tremendous footballer. You're quite right. Some players don't ever recover from those injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, some do and some don't. There's still a big question mark around him. So potentially um, the Chiesa that we saw prior to the injury is good enough to get in any
7: team in the world. Really, yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, one hundred percent. And that
9: includes us and would be an adequate replacement for if it were to happen. PSG bound Mo, Mo Salah, it would be a sensible choice.
7: Yeah, well, there's an argument to say that certainly during that European Championship that Chiesa was, like, as better than Salah, as good as Salah. Like he was just phenomenal, wasn't he, Chloe? He was outstanding. So I asked you the same question. If that scenario was to play out, I think mean, we all thought at one point Salah might be on the way out. If that was to rear his head again and Salah was to move on, Chiesa?
8: I mean, I'd rather do a swap deal for Mbappe if I'm being really cheeky, because that's I what I'd, had I'd rather. It, might have
7: to under a couple hundred million quid know, onto that, to be honest, but um,
8: yeah. <laughs> But the thing is, is Salah for 80 mil, no, absolutely never. You're not having him for 80 mil. Mm-hmm. If I was in, in control, you're not having him. Give me 120, give me 140. Sadio Mane, yeah, he was in only a year left on his contract. Left for 20 mil. One of the best forwards in the Premier League era. Left for 20 mil to Bayern Munich. Yeah. And I get it all about his contract and mm-hmm. he really wanted to go. But that was a joke. It was, it, I mean, Liverpool, we got the, the boss years out of him for sure, but mm-hmm. I, he still could have done a job for Liverpool Football Club. He was always available. Um, and, and it felt really bitter, the fact that he left for 20 mil. I, I just thought that was outrageous. Um, so I, I think yeah, he's going would be a really good replacement for Salah. I'd like them both at the same time, but we've got far too many forwards if they're all back. Um, yeah. I'm fit so it, 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 I don't know how that would ever work but um, yeah he's, he's a brilliant player for 60 million which mm-hmm. is actually 50 something yeah. um, and, and obviously Great British pounds I'd bite your hand off
7: yeah absolutely so 60 million euros you're talking I think it's like 56.2 million on the conversion rate today something along those lines um, Quadbod23 um, picks up on my point about saying he can play in midfield get him in now I quite like that um, just to say as well Ashley for said he rates Chiesa, but doesn't think we need him. Which I suppose is the point about how many attackers we have when they're all fit, which is, hasn't happened as yet. Um, but he does also say if Salah leaves, then yes, go for it. I don't think the Salah leaving stuff is just part of this article. And it's basically suggesting that PSG have strong intentions of coming back in for Mohamed Salah. Um, it's listen.
9: messy, isn't it? Messi's future's unclear, there, isn't it? That's yeah, because it's all are, MLS it. stuff.
8: Give us Messi. Give it. There we go. Would you take Messi? A hundred. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'd, I don't, he could be 40. I'd take Lionel Messi. Um, mm. To watch him in a red shirt, I'd die. I would, I'd do, I'd give absolute limbs to watch Lionel Messi in a Liverpool
1: shirt.
2: Right then, thanks to Dan and the guys there. Moving on then, it's back to one of my shows again, and I keep saying this every single time my favourite show of the week, Journal Insights. I had gold.com's Neil Jones in, a man who's very much in the know about all this kind of stuff to talk about all of the transfer news that's going on around Liverpool Football Club, because that's where we are at the moment as the deadline day approaches next week. So, yeah, here is a clip from me and Neil from this week's GNO Insight show. First topic of the day is Mason Mount, England and Chelsea uh, midfielder. According to a report from the Guardian, it was uh, Jacob Steinberg's report, it says uh, Chelsea are stepping up their attempts to agree a new contract with Mason Mount in the face of the growing prospect of Liverpool trying to buy the midfielder this summer it goes on, so he's got 18 months left on his contract that hasn't been sorted at time record and all that kind of stuff. Liverpool have had a long-standing interest in this player, Neil. So yeah, I'll just throw it to you. It feels like you meant you used the term a few weeks ago. This is a live story, and I really, it was about Matthias Nunes. I like that one, but again, this does look like something that there's legs to this. Well, yeah, there's a lot of
5: a lot of facets to it, I, I suppose. Number one. 18 months left on your contract if you're a player at a club like Chelsea and a player who's been very important to them, obviously a Champions League winner, uh, you know, pretty much plays every week, doesn't he, and homegrown uh, England international. So when you get to that stage, if you think about it from a Liverpool point of view, if Trent was at the stage, let's be fair, Trent's not too far away from being at that stage. If you got to that stage with with a Trent, you'd be thinking, hang on, we need to sort of get this sorted, don't we? There was sort of suggestions, probably about 12 months ago that he was going to sign this sort of mega seven, eight year contract which is Chelsea's way isn't it at the moment um, and it's not obviously not materialised He's, a, I think he's a player that I think he, I think he's a very good player but I think he might need to become a very good player by moving from Chelsea I don't know what the, I just have that maybe there is a little feeling of that that maybe a, a change of scenery might be one that, that benefits someone like him they're obviously making a lot of moves you know you, you've have seen i mean we might come on to speak about some of the players but you know they're massively yeah. with enzo fernandes with moises casado onana this week from from everton so they're obviously looking to to make significant moves and the ones that suffer t- do tend to be the ones that have sort of been around for a long time you know you think of you think of sort of the first year of Chelsea spending, and you know it was tough for, for, for homegrown players to come through, wasn't it? Because they were bringing in player after player after player under under Abramovich. I think City probably experienced something similar. You know, you look at people like Steven Ireland and, and and those kind of people, Mika Richards. They, they were sort of phased out. So I, I could see a world where he does feel or look around and think, hmm, I don't know, do I want to commit the next five six years of me me career? I mean, I was speaking to my, my old colleague from Goal. He works for the Evening Standard now, um, Kinsella, at the weekend, and I sort of he was he was just chatting away about about various things, Liverpool and Chelsea. We, we were sort was of just Jordan again when everyone was asleep. Uh, no, that? it was pregame. I mean, we could have we could have continued there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, could have, definitely could have continued it throughout the first half. Um, but <laughs> we were just chatting away a bit, a bit about sort of you know various players and and I mentioned him on Mount, and he sort of said he's a bit of a. If you want to call him it, he's a bit of a jordan Henderson for for chelsea fans you know sort of if, if things go wrong it it's like it almost comes back to him you know he, he seems to be the one who gets the the first brunt of criticism and i, I... I've never, I, w- I would never say I've been a huge, huge fan of his as a player, but it did surprise me when I heard that because I thought, well, I, I thought you know he's a bit of a Chelsea hero, you know, he, as I say, a Champions League winner, homegrown, you know, came through, really, really achieved something, really by going out on loan for a season, coming back, making an impact, and if you look at the other players that did that, they've all ended up going away, you know, um, Tamori and Tammy Abraham, people done, like that. Done well for themselves. Yeah, they've done well for themselves, but but he's done it at Chelsea. You know, he's yeah. he's stayed around and, and become a you know a mainstay. So, I think there, there are a lot of facets that that, that you look at and think hmm, potential move, you know, potential change of scenery, potential for him to maybe think, no, I'll go and I'll go and earn some appreciation, earn some money, uh, you know, a place at the front and center of a team. And then you look at the type of player he is. He can play in both lines, really. He could probably play wide left. He could play as a, a number eight. Um, you know, he's done. He's done both jobs to a, to a good degree. You know, he's. I know he hasn't really had. He wouldn't say he's had a great season this time around, but he he's a creative player. He can score goals. He's got good set piece delivery. Very energetic. Very. I mean, I was, I was speaking to someone about um, who was the player I was speaking about. I've forgotten this already, mm-hmm. Bobby Clark. That was that was it. When I watched Bobby Clark playing for, for Liverpool's under twenty ones and nineteens, and I, I said to someone at the academy, I "said that oh, reminds me a bit of Mason Mount." Yeah, you know, just the way he, he he goes across the pitch, and he you know he's got a little bit of everything about him, and the the, the feedback I got from the from the coach that I spoke to was, yeah, but Mount is is something you know a level up in terms of dynamism and the sort of way he covers the pitch. So if you're thinking about dynamism covering the pitch and the Liverpool, you know, Liverpool, that that's something Liverpool are lacking at the moment. So I think it's one to definitely keep an eye on. You know, the other thing to say is. These stories do tend to appear when you're sort of locked in tense negotiations, and you want to see it. You know, you want to get this over the line, and the agent wants to sort of have um, a resolution to, to the contract situation. So it wouldn't amaze me at all if, if we went the other way and you saw Mount well, get his new deal and you know get get the demands. But I do think there's a lot around the story and a lot around the sort of um, the player that would make you say, well, "Well, if Liverpool, if there was an opportunity there, I think Liverpool." Would do it.
2: Yeah, there's loads we can go in on this one. So I'm going to do it in a bit. I'm going to look at it from a Chelsea point of view first and Mason Mount's point of view. So going on with this article, he says Mount who's on 75 grand a week makes him one of the lowest earners at Chelsea. He wants Chelsea to prove the value. For yeah, I for it. i sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Mason. Um, he says there's a risk of making one of their most dedicated players feel underappreciated. You, you, you mentioned before, uh, Chelsea are willing to give him a pay rise and make him an offer um, at a reasonable level. Of, that's what you say in talks just due to resume. Just want to bring up the fact that Chelsea sign, and you've already mentioned it. There's, mm-hmm. there's, there's a chance between now and this being going out or whatever that this, this change. But as it stands, this calendar well, in this season, so summer and and January combined, they brought in Fafana, Mudrick, Cucurella, Sterling, Baddeeshele, 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 Kulebale, Maduke, uh, Santos, Abamyang, Fafana, the other Fofana, Jaufile as well, so they have brought loads the, the, Yeah, Mudrick. Mudrick. he's at the top there as well, they've brought lots of players in and there's a lot of money spent, look at the fees involved €80 million euros, 70 65 €65, 38, 38 38 big money that Chelsea have been spending everyone's seeing the top Bowley and what he's been up to there has to be consequences yeah. to that, not, not even in terms of a financial thing, just in terms of how big your squad can be that's, an, that's an also another reason why if your mate like you say, if your Liverpool going there might be an opportunity because I think it's fair to say moving on the story, Liverpool have had an interest in this player a couple of times in the past. They thought they've had him at a young age, I think I'm right in saying. Yeah. And again, a little bit down the line they were interested in him. I think it was the time he tried to, well, when they did sign Dominic Slanky from Chelsea, there was talk it then. So this is a player Liverpool have had a long-standing interest in as well.
5: Yeah, I mean, I remember when I was at the Echo myself and Andy Kelly did a sit-down podcast with uh, Michael Bale who was, he was, I'm trying to think whether he was at Sao Paulo, or he'd just come back from Sao Paulo. He had that spell, obviously, as assistant manager to Rogério Ceni. And I remember him speaking about, obviously, I mean, Michael Michael Beale. sort of, he, he's he got a, a sort of a vested interest in so many players throughout the Premier League, you know, Solanke being one, Declan Rice. But Mason Mount was one, and I remember him mentioning him and saying we thought we had him when he was sort of 15, 16. You know, they thought Liverpool were going to be able to, to get him and Chelsea didn't didn't allow him to come or you know they, yeah, right. they, <laughs> yeah obviously stepped up and 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 gave him what he needed or what he wanted um so yeah i mean listen michael beale's not at liverpool anymore a lot of the people who were there at the time aren't at liverpool anymore but yeah it's 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 no secret that liverpool have i've liked him um but you look at chelsea and I, like that's the other thing about chelsea is <laughs> There's a lot of signings coming in, but that that also has a knock-on effect. I mean, you see stories this week about Hakim Ziyech be it potentially going... I mean, I thought he was probably their best attacking player last week before Mujic came on, but the are of him being allowed to leave for quite a low fee on loan, potentially up to Newcastle and, and know, Everton. I was meant to be back to you know, Barcelona because you can't play for yeah, three teams. Yeah, I mean, Christian Pulisic I think would have been loaned or sold in this window had he not picked up an injury. I think there's rumours already about Sterling potentially getting, getting moved on. Uh, you know, you look at some of Callum Hudson-Odoi's out on loan in 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 Italy, uh, sorry, in Germany. Um, you know, there are going to be good players who are going to get cast aside by Chelsea. Just just it is. You know, you look at, I mean, you look at the left, the amount of left backs they seem to be all left sided defenders that they're looking at. You know, like
2: ten number 10s, It right? wouldn't amaze you <laughs> at all if
5: Cookeray ends up in a position where it's like, actually, no, you're you're not for us. You know, so yeah, they've got so many players. I know they've got some players out of contract, Jorginho and Kante in, in the summer. Um, but you you will see good players on the market. I think from Chelsea. I mean, I, I think Mount would be the sort of. I think Mount would be a change in the sense of like that would be a wow. That's a that's like a sort of a, a banker player being being available. But there are going to be some you know clubs. You you can call them gambles if you like because I always I do always worry about that when you have a player that that's sort of been cast aside. And Mount's not in that category. But you look at someone like Pulisic you I mean, like how much damage has that sort of done to them really you know to go from the sort of bright young thing real big signing to actually you know almost deemed not good enough by it by a big club but i think some players some clubs are going to get some pretty good players out at chelsea over the next couple of transfer windows because there's so many of them just knocking around you look you look at like i mean on the bench on the weekend was ruben Loftus cheek and you think god he was in england's world cup squad 2018 you know he was he was he was around that there's 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 various various players that you just think wow like what happened to him you know i was watching a game not not so long ago and Ross Barkley was playing for, for Nice on? Nice yeah and you're like <laughs> god remember the, the furore about him you know Chelsea trying to get him and did nothing really did he didn't didn't sort of even leave an imprint really at at Chelsea so there's going to be um i think there'll be a few more of them with this current spending spree and but judging by the uh, the rumours we're seeing yeah. around the club, I don't think that spending spree is going to calm down. No, you're right.
2: And from a Liverpool point of view, then we, we we speak and we're going to speak about midfielders. We always do so, but like that's a, that's a given. And he can play as a midfielder. He he reminds me a little bit. Like he could do. Yeah, loved love Adam Milano when he was fit. He absolutely loved that. And I there's there's. There's varying views on Adam Lanark towards the end of his career, but when he fit, when Jürgen first arrived, he was like a mainstay in the team, getting mm. double-digit goals. It was just the injuries that let him down, and Jürgen loved having that type of player. Yeah. He's mentioned a few times what you mentioned before, Page any legs in midfield, that kind of stuff. So he would provide that. And also, with the second one is this home... You, mean, you raised it before, the homegrown stuff. There's a chance this... Uh, over the next 12 months, for example, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, probably going to leave. We're going to speak about him a little bit later in the show, of course. Um... James Milner's out a contract that time Nat Phillips again we speak on that every week but there's a chance that he he moves on at some point you have to you do have to recognize you do need English players in in your squad mm. at least Jordan Henderson's not getting any younger you know you've got you've got some obviously Trent is here for a while yeah, and Elliot Gomez yeah. Curtis Jones there the are, th- uh, there's a, there's some but you need like seven or eight of them yeah he, he, he would also fill that void that that is a, that appears to be coming down the, down the down the road as well
5: yeah yeah absolutely and you, you know you look at you, you look at, like you say, there, there's there's two straight off the bat that are probably going to leave in the summer. I know, I know there was a story, or there was comments from Jürgen last week about Milner and potentially giving him another year, which I think you've discussed that on, on, on a previous show, You know, possibility of that. Uh, I think Stefan Bajetic is now homegrown for qualified. the Champions League. Yeah. Um, I don't know what, I don't have to check on the Premier League. He's definitely he's definitely uh, a club-trained player now for the Champions League. Um, but yeah, yeah. It, uh, that's another box that, that that gets ticked and you see a few I mean Arsenal looking at Declan Rice for the for the summer, aren't they? I think that's part of the thinking behind that is a, is a homegrown type of player and we've seen Calvin Phillips I'm, I'm sure for Manchester City was Scott Carson's on their best for reasons, <laughs> yeah, you know, anything yeah.
2: they fair to yeah. for it,
5: But I don't you know I don't think City looked at Calvin Phillips and thought he's exactly the midfielder we want. You know, I think that I think there was an element of, of that. Um so yeah, that's another box that, that Mount ticks. Um and also, you know, you look at the sort of suitability, really. He's played in the Premier League for four, or five seasons. He's he's played in the Champions League every season. He, he's he's done well in the Champions League. You know, he, as I say, he's got a couple of different positions potentially that he can fill. You know, you look at Liverpool have a lot of those players. Um, sort of, they can play off the left if you need them to. They have a fair few of those, so maybe you, you can you can nail them down more into that number eight position. Uh, I say energy, pressing. You know, he's he's good at that. He seems very tactically. I know Frank Lampard absolutely loved him when he when he was at Chelsea because of his tactical sort of um, awareness and ability to to, to play in, in his system or whatever system was asked of him. So yeah, there's a lot of a lot of things that any manager me... seems to pick him. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And England, you know, and I think Chelsea, and, and and a little bit again, I compare him to Jordan Henderson again in a different way. But you know, it does say something. You know, I don't I don't think you'd get you might get fans and and and, and sort of you know. Um, Sort of YouTubers and those kind of people saying, "Oh, I don't know what he does, or he's overrated, or whatever." But you look and yeah, you know, plenty of caps for England. In the, it was in the side, obviously in the in the um, the World Cup, when you would say it was more exciting players, not you know, or informed players on the bench and people like Rashford and, and and those kind of people. But he was in the side because he brings balance. He brings you know trust. I think from the manager that you know know what, what we need him to do, whether it's off the ball, on the ball, he'll, he'll do it and. Yeah, he, you know, as I say, I've not been as I wouldn't say he's been a player that I've gone, oh, What a player, Mason Mount, but he is someone that you go, well, yeah, he's he plays for Chelsea and he's always in the team and he's always in England team, so he obviously is a high he, level player. I think also he's 24. He, he, he's just
2: he yeah. better. Like we, he's been he's been around for ages. I think he made his Chelsea got like 2017, obviously because he, he has he's been around since a kid. Yeah. He had that loan at Derby in 2018, 19 on the So he's been around for a long, long time. I think people forget like. Does it, this isn't the best you're going to get at this player. If you sign him in the next, well, I mean, highly doubtful over the next couple of weeks, obviously this window. <laughs> but like, somewhere, or even even you get him on a free the year after, you're getting Mason Mount at 24, 25, yeah. 26. That's what he should be at. He should be getting better. That, and, and I the think Liverpool's so,
5: short, well. short of that age player, aren't they? In that midfield, yeah. that, that's that's the issue with Liverpool's midfield. Really, it's 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 a donut almost, isn't it? It's young and old, um, and it doesn't have those peak 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 age players that you're going to get their growth. But also already from a high level, you know, you might get, you know, you might get mega levels of sort of rapid growth from Stefan Bajcetic or Harvey Elliott or whoever. But you, you want those players that they're growing, but they're already, you know, Champions League level starters. And Mount, Mount obviously is that. Um, obviously, I think it'll be a tough one. Obviously, Liverpool haven't really taken a player. have they, from you know, oxlade Chamberlain's probably the last one I can think of that they've taken from a another top Premier League club. Um, so that would be you know you imagine that would be factored into Chelsea's thinking that they don't want to be doing it. But you are you are also looking around. I do I, I do wonder about this just just longer term really. There's, they all all these clubs are fishing in the same pond a little bit, aren't they? You know you've seen Sterling leave City for for Chelsea. You've seen Zinchenko, Gabriel Jesus. There is a, there is almost an acceptance that no, you know, nowhere else has really got the money to to buy these players. You know outside of a few clubs out. You know. Across Europe, so if we do want to get rid of some of these assets and make some money, sorry, we're gonna to have to dance with the devil a little bit and give it to a, a rival Premier League club. And you know, we're seeing we're seeing Arsenal with Declan Rice, aren't we? You know, looks like it looks like they're very much in the in the, the, the queue for him. I'm pretty sure there'll be some other, you know, City players, Chelsea players who are going to get moved on. And yeah, Newcastle see, stands out. now, Newcastle, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Newcastle, they're sort of. To be added yeah. into that 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 it's place cool. now, aren't they? With with some of the you know progress they've made this season, and obviously the money that they've got behind them, so we might see a little bit more sort of um, cross pollinisation if you like, from from top Premier League clubs. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, say, I mentioned before, I think there's
2: a live story. I think there's legs, they're literally legs. <laughs> let's Liverpool, hope there's legs. Yeah, let's hope there's legs <laughs> could do with with some of them, right? Yeah, I hope you enjoyed that one. Thanks again to Neil for some wonderful, wonderful insight. Lastly, then in terms of this show, anyway. I have got a clip for you from the latest edition of the Deep Dive. And this one, unsurprisingly, you probably think, is all about Mason Mount. Yeah, again, being linked to Liverpool this week, the Chelsea and England star. So, yeah, check out a clip from the Deep Dive with Chris Pajak and Josh Williams analysing Mason Mount from a tactical point of view.
9: Liverpool,
4: I think, have had a long-standing interest in Mason Mount um, from, you know, Maybe six, seven years of interest Maybe the entire time Klopp's been at Liverpool. What were your initial thoughts on the Lynx?
6: I think they make sense. Um, I've been quite surprised at just how much he's, he splits opinion. By all accounts, he's the the Jordan Henderson of the Chelsea fan base, isn't he? Um, in terms of people either thinking he's really good and very valuable or people thinking he's a waste of space and shouldn't be in the team. Um, but I think he suits Klopp's game. Very intense play out the ball. Uh, loves to press. I think he's a natural presser. He reminds me a little bit of um, Adam Lallana in that sense. Yeah. And with the ball, he's he's really tricky. You know, um, good in tight spaces, uh, creative and things like that. So and he's inclined to take a goal as well. So I can see the logic in the move. Um, I believe the links. I think there's there's probably something in there. And uh, I think it's he's a good target for us to have if it's if it's dual.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the, the only other thing that I'd, I'd add to that really, because I agree with everything you said there, is. He likes to join the attack, as in maybe like a late run into mm. the box and stuff. And again, Adam Milana at his peak was good at that. I think that's a great reference point, Adam Milana for him. Obviously, we know how much Jurgen loved Adam Milana Certainly, that first season, he he was the guy who probably shows the rest of Liverpool squad how to be a Jurgen Klopp player. Obviously, they were, I think they were next door neighbors for a, for a time as well, weren't they? And, yeah, yeah. You know, they, they, he just absolutely adored him. So I think I think it could be a good signing for Liverpool. I think you know, generally speaking, last weekend the sides. I think he's always caused us problems, but it's that sort of creative, sort of midfielder that Liverpool could want. And when I say creative, I mean dangerous, as in can make a goal type of midfielder. Mm. One of the things that I did want to look at, um, I found this. On Twitter, a quote from Mason Mount going back to November. He says, I like to think I'm a traditional midfielder, even though I can play a number of roles for the team. I've always said that I'm best as a number eight and I've played there ever since I was a young kid. Uh, I like to work from box to box, help out defensively, but also get forward to score and assist goals for the team. That's where I think my strengths are. I'm versatile so I can adapt and play higher up or a lot deeper. Uh, for me, in this day and age, certainly being able to play different positions is so key. You see formations change even during games. You can play two or three different roles in a game. Does that not sound like a Jürgen Klopp player?
6: Yeah. yeah. And a Jürgen Klopp signing? Well, I, I like that he said it as well, because that, that's personally how I would use him. And I think a lot of the criticism maybe that surrounds him stems from what people think he is or think he should be or whatever. Because I think if you ask a lot of people, you know, 100 people or something, where does Mason Mount play, you'd get a lot of different answers. Mm. Some people would say he's a forward, some people would say he's a 10, some people would say he's an 8. Played on out wide on sometimes wing, yeah. and things like that. Um, and I think that has basically shaped the perception of him as to what he is. Because, say, for example, last season, I mean, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, yeah, but yeah, no just touching on the numbers, the basic numbers at least, um, he scored 10 Premier League goals last season, non-penalty, that is, and registered 10 assists right so, if he's playing as a forward and he's doing that... Not good enough. Maybe you want more, yeah. yeah. If he's playing as an eight and he's doing that, that's ideal. You know, that's, <laughs> that's more brilliant. than enough. Exactly, yeah. That's more than enough. That's, that, that's the the goal-scoring, attacking midfielder that, that people think Klopp has been without for his whole Liverpool tenure. The kind of, like, Gerrard, Lampard-type player. De Bruyne, maybe. Um. So, I think that is a massive thing for Max. I think he's almost been... A, a victim of his own versatility, really.
4: Yeah. And we've seen, you know, obviously a lot was made about Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain when he when he started talking about being a central midfielder and stuff like that. And But Klopp's had him there and it worked for a period of time, 17-18. I think, you know, we could see exactly what Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain could bring to the side. But it is those similarities, I think, with Adam Lallana that draw my attention more than anything because, Adam Milano would do you a job on the wing if you absolutely needed him to. And there was games when he did play on the wing and Adam Milana would do you a job in the eight. Adam Milano's done us a job in the six in that Burnley game, do you remember? Yeah. You know, this is, a, this is a player who naturally wants to go and win the ball back. And I think Mason Mount wants to do that as well. Um, one of the things that I just wanted to touch upon uh, before we get into some of his... Uh, stats and stuff like that for for want of a better word is you know it's his contract i think as well which is probably quite appealing to liverpool who are notoriously tight-fisted um this is a guy who's on 75,000 pounds a week at the moment uh, rumored to be on 75,000 pounds a week contract runs out summer 2024 um and He's just seen a lot of lads come in on, at Chelsea on big-ass wages. Yeah. I mean, Raheem Sterling, rumoured to be on 325000 a week. There's a couple of lads over... Thiago Silva's over 300000 a week. You know, you've got Kai Avert on big wages. To be fair to Chelsea, the Mudsrich one, apparently he's only on, like, ninety to pounds to £100,000 a week, but obviously that's spread over the... Yeah. eight-and-a-half-year contract eight and or half something year, yeah. mental like that for yeah. him? So the, the, this could be posturing from an agent, linking Liverpool to... To, to Mason Mount at a time when he is probably talking to Chelsea about a new contract but bare minimum Mason Mount's probably looking for double his £75,000 a week would you say?
6: Yeah well I think based on what you've just said there as well I wouldn't be surprised that he was like borderline unhappy there because as just say they're signing all kinds of players all over the pitch if you look at Koulibaly for example he, he looks finished to me based yeah. on what I've seen he's on over 300k uh, just signed and they're getting all these players and tons of attackers as well by the way but they won't give Mount who is an academy graduate who plays every single week for them never misses a game been there uh, since we're six years old exactly every coach picks him by the way Tuchel Lampard um, Potter, Potter. Uh, even Southgate <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> even Southgate mate just, it, it, he's relentlessly in the team yet they won't present him with a deal and on top of that you've just mentioned there that he thinks he's an eight Chelsea usually play with a two and uh, uh, maybe a 10 ahead of them. So he's not really playing in his favourite position either. So, all in all, it does feel like a long shot, doesn't it? But at the same time, if you look at the kind of upheaval at Chelsea at the minute, I wouldn't be surprised if he's kind of looking at it all and thinking, like, I need to get out of here, basically.
4: Could this be... Now, I know that the FFP rules obviously look to be changing, and this is probably because of the loophole that Chelsea have exposed. Hmm. You know, um I think over the next year or so, it's changing, isn't it? So that the length of a player's transfer fee is going to be five years maximum. And the loophole that Chelsea exploited was they're paying the 100 million it was for Merdick. Merdick over... Fucking my (laughs) pronunciation name is terrible. um, Over eight and a half years, Which means, you know, if they're paying that over four years, for example, they'd be paying 20 million a year or whatever it would be, or 20 20 plus. Now they're paying 10 million a year because they've spread it over eight and a half years. So this is something that FFP have tried to do. But Chelsea are doing it. They found the loophole. They've exploited the loophole. That's how they've got as many players through the door as possible. At Chelsea, there will be a, a part of this where Chelsea think, we actually need to balance the books a little bit here, lads. And Mason Mount, right now, could he be a saleable asset?
6: Well, it, it strikes me a little bit like the Ox case, Oxlade-Chamberlain case a few years back because Arsenal didn't really want to sell him but they were well aware that he was going to run his contract down, he was going to leave for free anyway and he ended up going for about £35 million. Mm-hmm. I think Manx would, even despite having a year left on his deal, I think Chelsea would still probably demand at least 50 for him, I think, 24-year-old um, English homegrown and all that stuff, good player, Champions League winner and things, so I think they could probably realistically do that. And I think if they did, I'd probably say he's he's worth that amongst as well. Um, whether Liverpool have that, I don't know. But, you know, all things considered, I think he he's legitimate saga for Liverpool at the minute. Yep. Cheers, Chris. Cheers,
2: Josh. That show is an absolute belter. It is each and every week. Right then, if you want to listen to those shows in their entirety... Or you can watch them if you want to watch them as well. That is available to you over on redmenplus.com. And like I say, just for the listeners of this show, because I love you guys so much. It's gone so well so far, this weekly roundup show. I want to box you guys off with a little discount. So what I've done, if you sign up as a club captain on a yearly subscription, enter the code weekly, W-E-E-K-L-Y, when you sign up, and you'll get it for 50%. And it works out at around 40 AP a week. Absolute... No-brainer. 40 AP for up around about somewhere between 5 to 10 hours of content each and every week. I mean, no other subscription service is offering that for that cheap of a price. So, yeah, 40 AP a week. If you head over to redmenplus.com, sign up as a yearly club captain, enter the code weekly when you do that on the payment screen, and, yeah, we'll box you off with a big old discount. Right, then, I'll be back next week with another roundup from Redmen Weekly. Until then, I'll catch you all soon. Take care. Have a good weekend.
8: Thanks for listening. If you want even more Bosch content and podcasts just like this, go over to redmenplus.com and sign up
1: now. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy.